Well, hello, welcome friends, and welcome to the for podcast this week for St. Andrews Community Church. United Methodist loving, Church. Caring, we're so glad that wherever you faith, are, that you're tuning into this, and we pray that uh, maybe we'll all learn something together. Maybe we'll all grow as disciples of Christ and thus fulfill the mission we feel in a church together. And as always, in studio today, I am joined by my friend, my colleague, my co-host, the woman with the good shoes. <laughs> Pastor Stephanie, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I am, yeah, I'm doing really good. It's Today, I sat on my back porch when I went home for lunch, uh-huh. and I thought, it's one of the first days I don't feel that oppressive heat. You know, when and I got I here that. this morning, I got out of my truck, and there was a a nice, it wasn't a stiff breeze, but there was a yeah. nice breeze flowing out of the east. It was just consistent. And I thought, this is how it's supposed to feel. It is. It was so comfortable. It's so and, true. and really, I just wanted to sit outside and do my work. Yes, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I right? That wasn't going to happen. Oh, so great. And, and before we go any further, uh, our studio engineer, yes. Jeff Smith, is with us as well. Jeff, you doing good today? Doing well. Excellent. Doing real well. Good. Excellent. So, well, Today we're starting a new series. We started a new sermon series this past Sunday. I did the series on the church, and I think when we talk about the church, we have to admit the church has its own language and its own key terms and ideas and themes, and and sometimes we need to go back and review those. And and this uh, series is around the the word, the idea, the theme of covenant. Mm -hmm. And I think if a person starts reading the Bible from cover to cover, uh, and, and covenant may not be a word they've really thought of, yeah. they're going to find the word repeated a lot of times in a lot of different ways. And mm-hmm. so we want to make sure that we have a good understanding of that. And and primarily it helps us, again, to understand how it is that God chooses to relate to us. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I think if, if you've never heard of covenant in a biblical sense, mm-hmm. probably your first idea of covenant is, oh, well, in our subdivision we have a, <laughs> neighborhood <laughs> covenant. Uh, I, I remember mm. years ago and, and still laugh at the fact when um, our subdivision was being developed, we got to know our builder a little bit. In fact, mm. he and his family moved in a few houses down from us and they'd sit down in their driveway with their kids and we'd go talk to him. <laughs> and we we're talking to him one day and we just started laughing because um, they had built an above ground pool for their kids to swim in. And uh-huh. when we started laughing, they said, why are you laughing? We said, you do know that's against covenant. You know, <laughs> he goes, really? And we're like, yeah, you're supposed to get approval from everybody. If you're going to <laughs> have a pool, we didn't uh, care. Right, you know? of and, course. But it was funny that he's the developer of this, but he didn't even know what the covenant <laughs> was and the, you know, didn't apply oh, to building of that. houses. So when it, whenever you hear the word covenant, what, you know, what is something that you have come to mind? You know, I always think of the marriage covenant and, and I just love the word covenant because I feel like we don't use it enough in today's society and we've made it, um, you know, kind of this holy word, which it is, except that sometimes Sometimes people use holy words as they're being off limits and not uh, applicable to our everyday lives, which couldn't be more the case because covenant is so applicable to our everyday life because of it's how we interact with God. But I, I don't know. I love um, the idea of the marriage covenant because I think it's so perfect for for the holy commitment that is made. Uh, between a man and a woman. So that's usually what I think. Well, you know, I love that. Marriage covenant is um, one of the reasons we call it a covenant. It's not just a covenant that the man and the Mm -hmm. woman are making with each other. It's also 
using the name of God to bind yeah. that covenant together. That's one of the things I love about the liturgy for a marriage covenant in yeah. our tradition is it starts off with the vows. It's in the name of God. Right. You know, I take you. And, yes. Uh, it's really good. One of the things I think of is uh, also baptismal yes. covenant. Right. That, uh, you know, we say that baptism is a sign of something we cannot see and right. being God's grace, but that we are reminded that God extends to us mm-hmm. this covenant relationship. Mm-hmm. So anything else come to mind for you? Well, I'm sure we'll get into this here more in a minute, but the thing I love about covenant too is that it requires at least two parties. Right. It, and it really does require a commitment on both sides. Uh, and, you know, I kind of sometimes feel like when, when we talk about it as making a promise, uh, in our society, you know, promises are easily broken. So it's right. so much more than a promise, but but it really does require both parties to be equally invested. It may not be in the exact same way, but they're equally invested. And I think that's a really important part of covenant when I think of it. We, we are going to talk about that a little more later. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I didn't mention Sunday is when we talk about covenant, essentially in scripture, we see two types of covenant. Mm-hmm. Um the kind you're talking about is what would be called a parity yes. covenant, that there are two equal mm-hmm. parties that are entering into this covenant mm-hmm. together. Um, I think of the, uh, you know what the Mizpah necklace is that a lot of friends have. It's, mm. you know, like a, it's almost like a saying that has been written on a pendant, but yeah. it's cut in two. Oh, cut in half, and yeah. if you put them together, you can read it. It's like, yes, you know, of course. the Lord watch over me and thee while we are apart from thou, each other is, and, you know, <laughs> kind of King James English words. Mm. But but that was a, a covenant that was yeah. made at Mizpah, and I I would say, tell you who did it, but I can't remember. It's one I'm of the impressed patriarchs. you knew about Mizpah. I think Mizpah. it may have been like uh, Laban and maybe uh, Jacob, I don't know. Okay, yes, okay. But, uh, and... We it, it's a great thing for friends to do, but the reality is like we don't trust each other. So <laughs> right. you know, may the Lord watch over you while we're apart. <laughs> uh, but that that was a parody covenant. They yeah. were two equal parties who yeah. were seeking to formalize an agreement with right. each other. The other type of covenant is what, and I'm going to mispronounce this word. I know I, I've always pronounced it suzerainty. Oh, suzerain, yeah, or suzerainty, yeah, right, yeah, from the. Medieval times, the vassal and the suzerain. Yep. And the idea there is the suzerain is not equal right. to the vassal. They right. are above yes. the vassal. And we're, we're going to see a lot of the covenants that we're going to discuss over the next few weeks yeah. are those suzerainty kind of mm-hmm. covenants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we think of, obviously, when we think of a covenant that people make with God, uh, yeah, I don't exactly think those are parity. <laughs> no. <laughs> covenants. Exactly. But the thing I love is, is covenant is the means by which God relates to people. Mm-hmm. And, and last week, you know, in my just my quiet time, I'm reading through the yeah. book of Hosea where, you know, God says to the people, uh, just like Adam, you broke my covenant. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had never really thought about this before mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I think of a Noah covenant, Abraham, Moses, mm-hmm. David. I never really thought of it with Adam. Mm-hmm. But when you read that and put it back in the story of Adam, yeah. uh, that was the way that God related to people. Right. And, you know, God creates everything. Adam and Eve are living in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can eat whatever you want, mm-hmm. except don't eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Um, and when they did eat that, what they did was they broke 
that covenant. They broke the relationship right. that God had originally uh, created for people to do. Right. And so at that point, you know, <laughs> okay, y'all messed it up. What are we going to do? Right. Um, and, and I find myself thinking, wow, what was forfeited? I mean, can you mm-hmm. imagine, can you dream what it would have been like mm-hmm. to, um, you know, have this perfect, intimate mm-hmm. relationship with God? But, but I do have some bad news for you in that. What? They didn't have shoes. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even need them. Exactly. I can't even imagine. There were no stickers. <laughs> the weather was always good. The oh, pavement wasn't there, right. so it wasn't hot. But no weeds to pick <laughs> at that time. You know, and, and and so perhaps that's why after they ate the fruit, their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. Yeah, and, and they, they didn't have shoes, shoes on. <laughs> So true. Great biblical truths right. being yes, shared is. here is. on the St. <laughs> Andrews podcast. But but God could have destroyed uh, yeah. humanity and say, you know what, this was a bad idea, but yeah. God doesn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, the earth begins to be populated. And then we get to the, co- the covenant with Noah. And it says that the earth was so evil that God really was thinking, yeah. oh, we just got to scrap all this mm-hmm. and start over. But then there was Noah, right? And um, Noah's the the promise that we get from the covenant with Noah. You know, the the symbol of the rainbow that yeah. God's not going to destroy the whole earth again mm-hmm. with this devastation right. and flood. But we're learning this is how God relates yeah. to people. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the thing that I think is so interesting about. Um, about these covenants with Adam and with Noah is that God was always clear with Adam in particular and Adam and Eve. He was clear with them when he said, do not eat from this tree or you will surely die. Yeah. And I love that about God because he, he tells us what's going to happen. It's not like he just dangles a carrot out in front of us and says, don't eat this, but I'm not going to tell you why, you know, and then that's part of what the serpent used in his argument. Well, surely you won't die. Yeah, you won't die. And, you know, I just think it's interesting a lot of times when this is how God chooses to relate to us with the covenant, um, that, that he is, I mean, I know people say life is not fair. God is, is God is very unfair because he does not give us what we deserve. If he were fair, he would give us exactly what we deserve. And none of it would work out well for us at all. But he is so good that he he could have said to Adam and Eve, we're done. We're going to start over with ferrets or something. Like, we're not going to have humans. We're just going to have cute little dogs. And that's all we're doing. You'll have pads for your feet. You will not need shoes. You will not need shoes. (laughs) Unless you're running in the Iditarod. (laughs) You need snowshoes for dogs. Exactly. No, God's... Uh, when when you say God, you know, is unfair in that sense, yeah, God's justice is always tempered with God's mercy. Yes, absolutely. And we're, we're thankful for that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we see the perfect relationship. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. So now we're going to have a different kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really brings us then to the covenant with Abraham. And y- you can read this in a couple of different places in the book of Genesis. In chapter 12, it starts with what most people call the call of Abraham, mm-hmm. you know, where God's not asking anything mm-hmm. of Abram Mm-mm. at that point, not Mm-mm. Abraham. He's not asking anything of Abram. Right. He just says, uh, I'm going to make you great. You're going to be the father of a great nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give your family a land to settle in. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. You have to get up and just go. Yeah. Because I'm not even going to tell you 
where you're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to tell you when you get there. Uh-huh. And it says that Abraham believed. Yes. And so God called him righteous because of his yes. faith. That is such an, an incredible thing. Mm-hmm. And what we begin to see is, you know, in, in God's unfairness, he is giving mm-hmm. the other chance. That now God's plan is, uh, you know what? I'm not just going to scrap it all and come back. I promised I wouldn't destroy it with, you know, a flood again. Uh So what I'm going to do is I'm going to redeem this. Now, the idea of redeem literally means to buy back. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Are y'all even old enough to remember S&H green stamps? Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Some of our ministers knew graders. Graders had green stamps. Okay, so those were S and H green stamps. You're showing me up, and Jeff. You, you 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 would have a well. He's older than you, a <laughs> little bit, not by yeah. much, okay. not by much. <laughs> but you, you'd have a a book, and when you went to the grocery store or something, mm-hmm. they would give you stamps, uh, and you would put them in your book, and at uh-huh. some point, you could go back and you could cash in those stamps and, and redeem those. I okay. guess really, it's the modern idea of that is when you go somewhere and you have your Rewards, yes, you know, you go oh, to yeah. Qdoba. Oh, I and, like those. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we have them places I've never used them, right? There. Right, <laughs> I, can think of, I may have millions of dollars in points that I'm just you never know, right? Uh, but God's plan is I'm going to redeem a fallen creation, mm-hmm. and so that's what starts with Abraham, and, and that's why when we think of covenant with Abraham, with Abraham, it's like, okay, so the original relationship that God always had planned with people did yeah. not work out the way God had designed and created it to be. Yeah. But now yeah. we're going to do something good. And don't you love it too? This is part of what I love about this whole story with Abraham is that redemption was not actually a theological word. Right. Because to Abraham, redemption was a cultural word because it was something that in their culture, if something happened where one of the sons committed a crime or right. a woman was kicked out of the family, it was the oldest living male's responsibility to redeem that family member, to buy them back in. So to pay their debt or to, you know, to pay off their punishment or whatever it was. So it was cultural at the time. And that's what I love about God. Like he takes something that people understand in their minds because they live it every day. And then he says, I am going to redeem you. And when you think about all of the parallel um, symbolism in this, it's amazing because in Abraham's culture, again, the oldest living male was who was in charge. Right. It was who the line was passed down through. And the then the, old, the oldest son was the one who got the double inheritance. When you think about how God is our father, the oldest living male, right? And he is the one who then passes down the blessings to us. Christ is the firstborn son and right. we get to be co-heirs with Christ. I mean, it's beautiful. And if you don't, if you don't see it through the eyes of that culture, you miss so much. But that is the culture that God decided to reveal himself in this time in history in. And right. it's just beautiful. Like right. I love it. And and I, I love that. That I mean, that is just so such yeah. depth and so meaty for us. And mm-hmm. and that's what God promised Abram mm-hmm. is uh, you know, all people. Mm-hmm. All peoples of the earth will yeah. be blessed uh-huh. however it is they bless you, or they will be cursed uh-huh. however it is that they, they curse you. Because through his line, through that line, would come Jesus. And don't you think it's an interesting um, contrast when you look at what God did with Adam? Because God said to Adam and, and, and Eve, I'm so excited I can't even talk. God said to Adam and Eve, 
if don't don't eat from this tree. You can right. eat from everything else in the garden, but don't eat from this tree or you will surely die. Then you look at the covenant he makes with Abram and he says you will be a blessing. It's like it's like the positive of the negative, you know? And I love that too that he says I will make you the father of many nations and through you all nations will be blessed. It's awesome. I love that. Right, and and so that's what we read in chapter twelve, and and what mm-hmm. we read on Sunday was chapter fifteen, and you know Abraham's been doing a lot of traveling with his family, and he's been trusting God, yeah. and and I I just I don't think Abraham ever doubted God, mm-hmm. but I think he was confused. I think he was confused. You know, that, yeah, <laughs> that God, you you said this is what you're going to do, and yeah, you know I I've, I've been following you wherever you said to go, and I'm glad to do that. God, my life is blessed right. already. But I'm not seeing the fulfillment of the Mm-mm. promise. And and part of what is, again, so rich about this is, is when we talk about, you know, if you eat this fruit, you will most surely die. Right. And I'm sure some people could be confused and go, okay, we've read the story of Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and they didn't die. Right, right, right. <laughs> they didn't live. And at that point, that's where just understanding of Scripture, yeah. death at that point was the broken relationship. Yes. It, it wasn't considered at that point eternal condemnation or anything. Mm. It was this relationship that was so rich and so life-giving has now been broken. It's like, you know, dropping that bowl on the concrete. It's shattered beyond repair. You just can't put it together. Mm -mm. And and the way God is going to initiate this covenant with Abraham is, I'm going to give you an heir. Yeah. I'm going to give you a son that is now going to go down the line of Mm -hmm. this. And I think Abraham is confused. (laughs) He's just kind of like, Lord, why is this taking so long? Right. Uh, and and before God ever tells Abram, you know, okay, so I want you to, you know, cut these animals into yeah. anything. Before we even get to that yeah. part, it says Abraham believed, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. I know. I love that. And I, and we see that time and time again. Even when Abraham is asked by God to sacrifice his son Isaac, the son that he waited for for so long. And, and we see again that God counted that as righteousness right. to him because he was faithful to God. And I love that too. And I, I have to tell you, I get so excited about this passage that you read where he cuts the animals. Not because I like cutting animals. I'm not sick like that. <laughs> but, but this whole idea of cutting a covenant and what God does in this moment where he again tells Abram to do something that is makes sense to him within his culture because to us cutting animals in half doesn't make any sense yeah, to us we, at all like we, somebody does that we go to the store and buy it right and we're a little worried about a person who would say cut the animals in half but again God is coming to him in his place in his time where it makes sense to him and he's he's using this idea of the vassal suzerain which is something that Abraham is also familiar with right. in his culture and so the idea of God saying go get these animals you know Abraham knows in that moment, I know exactly what he's doing. I mean, it would be like, it would be like God saying to us, go get a contract and we're going to get some pens and we're going to sign it in just a second. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting because I have never thought of it th- that way. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, for those of you that are, are tuned in now, and if you're not familiar, when you read Genesis chapter 15, uh, and Abram's like, hey, you know, God, don't have an heir yet. And, yeah. But, but he, he still believed. And God said, get a three-year-old heifer, mm-hmm. a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a pigeon. Mm-hmm. And he would, he, he, he killed the animals, mm-hmm. but then he cut the heifer in half, 
and it, the scripture says laid it side by side. Right. Uh, same with the female goat. Same with the ram. The the birds we don't get the sense he dissected them, mm-hmm. but they were slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And and so you suddenly have these animals laying across from each other like a on opposite sides of a sidewalk, and there's a trail or yeah. a path or yeah. you know through the middle some passageway right between them, and and it is a bloody stinky gory mess in fact you know (laughs) the scripture said that uh, after he did this uh i guess abram just had to sit around and wait right okay i've 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 done this before uh i've just got to wait because it said the vultures started coming down and he was having to chase the vultures away those vultures weren't there probably when he killed the animals but they got there it was taking a while somewhat quickly afterwards but they would have been circling yeah yeah right yeah <laughs> and and abram meantime who who must have you know we've always said job is the most patient man maybe we should say it's abraham <laughs> yes. because he was he just waited until it was getting dark and he fell asleep yeah and yeah don't you love this part this is where i get excited okay get i excited. mean you thought i was excited before but this is where i get excited because god puts him into this deep sleep and then what we see is god, god sees or sorry god becomes this flaming torch stove thing and Abraham sees God walking through the animals. And the thing I love about this is normally with a vassal suzerain treaty, and you touched on this in the sermon, that that the suzerain, the big kahuna, the big the big nation, right. is going to make the vassal, the little nation, walk through those bloody animals reciting the terms of the covenant, saying that if, you know, if I break the covenant, let it be to me as these animals. Like, why don't you yeah. cut me in half and kill me? Yeah, I would be better off dead right. than to break this covenant. Than to break the covenant. But then what's happening is it should have been Abraham that walked through that because he was the lesser nation. So it should have been Abraham saying, if I break the terms of the covenant, I'm better off dead. Right. But God says, no, if you break the terms of the covenant, I will be the one to sacrifice. I will be the one to be these animals, to be cut into, to be sacrificed for for the breaking of the covenant. And to think that thousands of years before Jesus ever walked on the earth, God is already saying, if you break the terms of the covenant, if you're unfaithful, I will take the punishment upon myself. Right. I mean, it's like, oh, I love uh, that. Yeah. Well, and, Don't you and, love and, that? And Abraham doesn't know that at the time. Yeah. But essentially what God has done is if you eat this, you will die. You will be separated yeah. from me. And God is now binding himself to Abraham and literally all of the descendants that he's going to bless him with and literally all of us so that God is saying, I am always bound to you. I'm always committed to you. Uh, And (laughs) that's not how people always see God. No, right. People think, I broke the covenant. God's going to stick it to me. Right. And, and God is, no. you know, this is not the plan. That's right. <laughs> the first plan didn't work. Yeah. You, you're not understanding the second exactly. plan. The second plan is I am going to redeem you. Yes. You belong to me. You are mine. Yes. I want you back. And I huh. would rather die yes. than be separated from you. Yes. Isn't that brilliant? Ooh, Ooh, that's good stuff. It. I know. I love that. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, uh, gosh, I wish y'all could be here. Yeah, we, we have got to start videoing this. Uh, people just cannot see the excitement, the arm waving, and everything that, that we do in this. But one of the things I would want to suggest, you, you had mentioned earlier uh-huh. the, the commonality of the word covenant. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I think of, you know, I, I shared something about it Sunday. It's kind of a pet peeve. Is sometimes we use the word covenant too loosely. Yeah, that It's like a, a baptized word that 
means, hey, let's just do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the reality is covenant is serious business. Right. And, and that was, again, part of the sacrificing uh, of the animals was uh, this is life and death. Yeah. And God is saying this is life and death. You're dead. Right. You ate the fruit. Yeah. You're separated from me. However. Yeah. I'm going to buy you back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With the life of my son. Right. Like, man. And, and Abram didn't know how it was all going to work out. Yeah. He got a little confused, but he never lost his faith. And, yeah. and that's really uh, what I think God asked of us. God's given us the promise. Yeah. Let's believe God uh-huh. and have God call us righteous. Yeah. Because of our faith. Yeah, yeah. I am I am totally with you on that. Amen to that. And I and I love this call to us about uh, about believing God because if you hang in there with God long enough, you realize that no matter what happens, if you've surrendered your life to Him, then He will do what is best for you. Right. It's just like with Abraham. It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't make sense to me that Abraham and Sarah had to wait so long for Isaac. I have no idea why that is the case. But God was true to his promise. He never wavered on that. Even when Abraham took matters into his own hands and had a kid with another woman, God still was faithful to his promise. And, and he, even when Abraham was, you know, they're down in Egypt and he's like, oh no, that's, you know, she's not my, my wife. Yeah, right. It's my sister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Abraham, you know, was not a sinless Mm-mm. person, but he was a person of strong mm-hmm. faith. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think too, my word of encouragement to our listeners today would be to, to realize that God has done everything and continues to do everything within his power to redeem us, to buy us back into, into the family. And so nothing that you can do could ever separate you from his love. Right. However, we do often choose to separate ourselves from him because we make choices that, that go against that covenant. If we turn our lives around, if we repent and walk towards that redemption, man, the path of that is beautiful. Well said. Mm-hmm. Well said. So, well, this week is 